Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. My name is Blair Beveridge, and thank you for once again tuning in. This week's guest is C. Randy Gamble, or as many of us know him, the Candy Gambler. Now, I'm going to be frank. On this one, there's some trigger warnings that I need to talk to you guys about. On this episode, Candy is very open and frank, as am I, as is Joey, about his battle with cancer. And if this is something you guys don't want to listen to, we completely understand. You don't need to listen to this podcast. Uh, it is something that he's very open and frank with, especially when it comes to if you think you may have something to get it checked out. It's very important for him to do that because he himself ran into this as an issue. But I won't talk for Candy. Let him talk for himself. So let's dive right into it. Hoopod number 19 with our guest, the Candy Gambler. Welcome, Candy. Nice to have you here. Hello. Uh, for those of you joining us on this podcast today, we have as our guest, the Candy Gambler. And uh, we also have Joey Couture joining us. I'm, I'm not going to forget to do it this time. We're going to go with the unstructured thing, I think, for the next little while. And But I should at least introduce the voices. So, Joey Couture, welcome. It's, it's lovely to be here. And uh, Taylor Puxty will be joining us in a bit. It's just... Uh, a little bit early Australian time, but uh, she shouldn't be too long. So let's get into this. Candy Gambler. How did the Candy Gambler, that name, that that name itself, it had to have a story. So what's the story? Yes, it does. Um, my name is uh, not Candy Gambler, but it is now. And that is uh, Felicia's fault. Felicia Day. You may have heard of her. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh so we were in Twitch chat and, you know, it goes by pretty fast and uh, she would invariably see the jumble of letters that is C. Randy Gamble. And um, she got it right more often than she got it wrong at first. And then it sort of became a habit of saying it wrong and then Ryan picked it up and really went with it. And now um, he's basically taken a solemn vow that he will never say my name correctly, even if he meets me in person. Uh, I think, and will call me some other different version of C. Randy Gamble. And Candy Gambler is the one that is used the most often. I have to admit, when I first saw your name, that's exactly what I thought it said too. I was like, and then I stopped and I went, no, no, that's someone whose last name is pronounced wrong all the time. No, that's not. But it just rolls off the tongue so well. Well, for me anyway. When okay, so <laughs> when I first saw your name eons ago like when i really first like noticed you um when i started attending the the twitch streams i would always say your name as crandy gamble and then my mind hears this that sound so immediately it, it makes me think granny smith and then all of a sudden i'm thinking apple pie so every time i think of you i want pie damn it <laughs> well there's worse things in life i guess Pie. Yeah, I mean, I make pies, so that sort of makes sense. In my world, pie is greater than cake, so I'm I'm down with that. Agreed. Well, they're doing right. they're doing like weddings now instead of people doing having cakes. They're having wedding pies. Like, come on. I haven't been to I haven't been to one of those, but I would love to go to one of those because I have a problem with that. That uh, I can't remember the type of icing fondant. I don't really like fondant icing. It's not my jam. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and since that's, that and half the time the cake is so dry, you need half a gallon of milk to wash it down. Right? I mean, like every cake for every wedding I've ever been to, I think, has had that fondant on it. And I was just like, ugh, can we just not? 
Well, once not. The trick is, is when you do a cake with fondant, and I've no, and this is my own personal discovery, is that when if it's a cake that has some kind of fruit infusion in it, like berries or something, it tends to keep the cake lack of a better word and this word this word will annoy some people oh the it m word it, it keeps it moist <laughs> <laughs> yes you always know when a moist is coming moister than an oyster <laughs> that's an east coaster saying that uh yeah yeah um so candy what do you what do you do in our in our lovely community here you you uh you run some things i i have been known to do things i um I'm one of the co-runners of the Team Human Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, although most people probably know me from my Twitch modding duties for Felicia and Ryan Day, um, test games to test Hotchka, and also Geek and Sundry. Right. Um, I'm also an admin on the Team Human Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, which is where a lot of people also know me from. Um, I'm not a prolific poster there but i like to comment and say positive things because that's what i'm all about online and uh but not in person i'm a real jerk no I'm kidding. and may i add and this is without one this is i'm not kidding in any way shape or form you are our biggest fan you are Hoopod's biggest fan i have seen everything you've posted and i've been very grateful for it so i want to thank you for that oh well absolutely you guys make such a fun listen I go through and every time I listen, I, I do it twice in a row if I've got the time so I can kind of get more of a grasp on it. And, you know, it's people I'm interested in, people I, you know, know online, want to know more about. And so I want other people to check it out, too, because I'm excited. It's uh, it, it's it's pretty cool what we get to do here. And, and I've been very happy with it. And um, and I and I can't wait to continue to do it. I mean, obviously, I, a little bit of honesty here when. When uh, I get the podcast edited and sent to me from from Joey, sometimes I listen to it before uploading, but most of the times I upload it because I trust Joey. He knows his craft. And um, once it's uploaded, I usually listen to it um, once, as soon as it shows up on my, my phone going into work or coming home and just really enjoying, you know, the, the piece of art that we've put together. And I, I, I yeah, I, I really, really enjoy these things, listening to them as much as creating them. It's a lot of fun. Let's talk about how great you guys are. <laughs> but this isn't about us. But although I will say, like, oh, right. I love the fact that you are such a big fan because it makes me feel like I have a believer. <laughs> you do. You really do. I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to um, hurt anybody's feelings. But you're my favorite, Joey. There you go. Oh, stop it! You'll make me flush. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, most people it's Tierlin. So there you go, Joey. Well done. <laughs> well, I mean, she's got the whole she's writing thing and the ballet thing and the singing thing and the whole, like, I'm from Australia and I'm, you know, just like, you know, drop dead adorable and everything else. That's what she has going for her. Me, what do I got? I've got a tiny little YouTube channel where I do comedic highlights of Twitch streams where I take a three hour stream and I, and then instead the editing process, I'll just throw this out there. I'll throw out a little bit of behind the scenes for you there, Randy. When I do the abridged version, I have a three-hour stream of video, usually. So it actually takes six hours because I have to, because I'll play it through and then I'll stop and I'll have to go back, 
you know, do the cuts and whatnot where I'm going to do it. And then even after I've got the initial episode, I have to go through the whole thing and be like, eh, maybe I should trim it just a little bit more here and there. So I end up cutting out like another five minutes just to make it, you know, that much more better. So it ends up taking like six and a half hours <laughs> to, to do a three hour stream. So well, it is well worth all of your hard work. I really enjoy those abridged streams. You really hit the the highest notes, the the funnest things that happen with the, especially with the interaction between us, the humans, and Felicia. Um, and I really appreciate it. Ever since you did the first one for Grimrock, and I went back through and watched it, and I was like, oh man, this is every single favorite moment I had of the whole night. And you got all of them in one shot, so it's a really fun way to go through, and I've watched them all several times. Oh, you're so sweet. You just made Joey's day. <laughs> I'm everybody's fan. I also promote a lot of mm-hmm. smaller Twitch streamers. Um, they're kind of I, I like hanging out in the in the big chats, but I also really appreciate the small chats because it's kind of a quieter, uh, simpler conversation. Um, so I also try to promote their streams as well. Get a few more people watching. Uh, people like the Astropath or Natastrophes or um, some of our other um, less prolific streamers who aren't on all the time, but right. but put on a fun show. Uh, so I, I love doing that, and I like um, just sharing my passion with others. And in Team Human, I found so many like-minded, caring, interesting people that it's been a life-enriching experience for me. That's awesome to hear, man. Really glad to hear it. Um now, I, I, I talked about this in, in the preamble to this episode, um, and we're and we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pose right here now. This this for this is the trigger warning for anyone that may not want to hear about this. Um, Candy is a cancer survivor, and he talks about it openly. And we're gonna be incorporating a lot of that into this podcast. So, again, for anyone that this is a sensitive topic for, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. So, Candy, cancer. Tell us the story. Well, um, my family has no history of cancer at all. Um, so the thought of me getting cancer was like, no, that's never, that's not what's going to get me. It's going to be heart attack or stroke. That's what happens. But um, in 2013, uh, it was in spring, I noticed that my left collarbone just seemed a little more pronounced. And I didn't really think anything of it. And I had a job at the time working at a liquor store and I was doing a lot of heavy lifting while I was going to school. Right. And um, I thought maybe I had thrown something out so I actually saw a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And he worked on me for a long time and he felt on the, on the bump and it was a little bigger by this time. And he was a little puzzled too, wasn't sure what it was. And he said, you know, you might want to go see your general practitioner and, um, you know, your family doctor. And, of course, I'm an American male, so I didn't. Right. Because we don't see doctors unless it hurts, right? right? So I didn't. And this thing got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I realized this isn't my bone <laughs> at this point. Um, you know, I'm still lifting stuff and it doesn't hurt. So what's going on? And it's hard as a rock. So I went and saw my family doctor and he said you know i wouldn't worry about it too much but why don't you go get an x-ray so i took the order for the x-ray and i put it in a desk drawer and then i forgot about it Uh and i didn't go because i was afraid to and i didn't want to and it didn't hurt so what what harm could it possibly be 
And finally, my fiance talked sense into me and said, look, you're going to go get this done. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what you think. Just so we have peace of mind. Right. I said, okay, well, um, as you can imagine, it didn't go real well. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they said, okay, this could be serious. We have to do further tests. And um, it was... Uh, 12 days after uh, I proposed to my fiance that I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which right. is um, cancer that lives in the bloodstream right. and goes after lymph nodes, which you have one on kind of right at the tip of your left collarbone. And that's where my first tumor had started to grow. Right. So um, I guess if I have a message for you guys, it's especially as guys who don't go to the doctor and don't regularly see anybody, even if we're bleeding. Um, if you find a lump and you're not sure, it doesn't hurt to go see the doctor. Find out what it is. It's probably nothing. Right. And then at least you'll feel better about it. But if it is something, something can kill. So take care of yourself first and kind of get over that macho, tough guy thing where, you know, you can just handle it. It's true. Don't do that. Go to the doctor. <laughs> no, I... Um, yeah. Just as a friendly reminder, you know, I let mine go a while, and my oncologist was very frank with me and said, look, you ignored this, and if you'd have continued to ignore it for another month or two, you'd have died. You know, there you'd have been terminal, and I would have passed away around Christmas of 2013. But I got in treatment, and it wasn't easy. Uh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, and it changed my entire life. Right. But here I am today, talking on the hoopah with my friends, yes. and it's awesome. And the whole reason I'm here is, you know, my fiance kicked me in the butt and said, "Get the doctor." Well, on behalf of all of us, we're glad you're here to talk to us. Um. Go ahead, Joey. Just for uh, reference here, uh, just to put my two cents in, if I had been in your fiance's shoes, I would have secretly set up an appointment and Anna would have been like, hey, let's just go for ice cream. Let's go for a drive. And I would have driven your freaking ass there myself and been like, you're going in right now. You have an appointment in five minutes. Get your ass in there now. It's... Oh, I wish everybody had a person like you in their <laughs> life, Joey. That would that would do that for them. You know, she was very insistent, and and bless her for doing so and sticking by me throughout the whole ordeal. Yeah, because it was very difficult. But Absolutely. you know, if you can be that, be there for a friend or a loved one, then you're a caretaker and you're amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, my family has been plagued with cancer, both young and old. Um, my mother passed away at the age of 44 um, from a form of, not melanoma, myeloma, I believe, myeloma. I got my wife here correcting me as, she's, mm -hmm. as, as she knows. Um, it, yeah, it was a blood cancer. Her, uh, her uh, protein cells were attacking her red and white blood cells. Um, you know, between cousins, we've had cousins, you know, as young as, I think, 16, 17 that had um, you brain cancers. I, one second. Uh, Joey, can we edit here? I can't have your voice. <laughs> okay, I'll start again. Oh, it's 
fine. She's allowed. She's part of the family. God. Well, she knows that she knows the real answers. We got to hear from beverage wife. No, she knows the real answers. It's uh, well, she anyway. doesn't want you giving out misinformation. I know, I know. Um, but yes, we've had some people in our family, um, very young, that have had you know ch- uh, children's cancers. We've had some. Uh, we've had some with brain cancer, uh, breast cancer, and you know all of the those three people all under the age of thirty five of the ones mentioned. So the first two were under 20 and knock on wood, all three of them are current survivors uh, in remission with uh, as well as you candy, but it doesn't always turn out that way. Um, you know, we know we've had lots of members of our family that uh, cancer has beat us and uh, or beat them. So it's, it's something that is very common, unfortunately in, in a lot of people's lives is having to deal with it and having people to deal with it but the the advances in in science over the last 20 years has been remarkable in this area you know i mean the, the yes it has and actually i have a little story about that my godfather has the same kind of cancer that i do wow. only he got it in vietnam from agent orange right right um imagine back in the in the 70s having to go through what i went through only his treatments lasted for months and he was in the hospital the whole time. Right. So when I went in for eight to 10 hours for my treatments, you know, and he was there for months on end, you know, what an amazing thing. And also the survival rates today are incredibly higher than they were 30, 40 years ago when it was still almost a complete mystery. You know, there's over 200 forms of cancer right. and treating it can be very tricky, right. but there are I, I read about advances almost every single week in some area of another from detection to treatment to uh, post-treatment um, care and it is amazing uh, what they've done and where they're going with it mm-hmm. and while cancer still remains one of those very dangerous things you don't want to have anything to do with no matter what anybody at a party says if they're handing out cancer don't take it right um, but it is getting better and it will get better over time but you've still got to kind of police your body and you just got to be honest with it i think in most cases most cancers if you catch them early enough you will win the battle or you you have a a, a much greater chance of winning the battle there's 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 no obvious you know perfect formula and every cancer is different every type of cancer and every d- different human being is different so um something that is very curable in one person maybe won't be so much in the other so it's it's a very difficult subject, but you have done something um, with your um, experiences, and you've kind of turned it into something. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, while I was going through treatment, um, I was sort of, well, not feeling well for some reason, uh, as though I'd been pumped full of chemicals right. and acids. And uh, I was sort of thinking of a way to express simply how I felt and what I was going through. And I'm a huge comic book fan and a comic strip fan. And I um, thought maybe I can express it in this way. And I got my sketchbook out and uh, sketched a few panels out of a comic that is now online. Um, I've called it the cure for seasickness. And audibly, that sounds like you're being right. sick on the ocean. But if you read it, it's the letter C, the right. big C. Uh, and uh, it's a real quick strip. There's only um, 12 uh, little squares for you to look at. There's only five words. 
uh, but it um, kind of tells a metaphorical story of how it felt, um, sort of an emotional journey, and how it felt to begin again, and what that looks like. Um, I, I've been told it conveys emotion well. Um, I right. hope that it does. Um, I hope everybody can enjoy it, and at least um, to understand uh, a little bit more what it's like to go through as a, as a survivor. Um, fighting cancer. It's 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 funny because um, you know, and, and I'm not trying to make too deep a parallel here, but when you see a comedian on the stage, they're usually talking about their own pain, their own suffering that they've gone through, and they and they try to make it a better subject to themselves and those around them by by turning it into comedy. It you know it helps them get through it. Um, it is is I'm presuming that this comic strip is you know very cathartic for you in that re- in that regard. Can you? What, how, how's it make you how's it helped you with your uh your i guess your remission um it helped express some of the feelings i had um without having to say it out loud um right it's a visual representation of the impact that cancer has on or has had a, in my life um basically destroying my life and having to sort of start over with a blank slate um, but cancer gets his in the end, and um, you know I'm left the survivor in the story. Um, it's labeled as me, so it is me in the comic. And um, so, uh, even my therapist suggested that I, when I told him about it, <laughs> said, "You've got to do something with that. You've got to finish it. You've got to do Good. a thing with it." And when I've shown it to other people, they're like, man, you've got to, you've really got something here. You've got to finish it. Like I said, it's real short. Um, you know, if you want to check it out, um, I'll just say it's on, uh, the shaded areas website, shadedareas.com under web comics, under the title, the cure for seasickness. No, you know what? I think, I mean, your message is pretty clear. Let's, let's not kind of put our head in the sand. Um, let's make sure that when you see something to take care of it, because if you do take care of it, you, you got a greater chance of, of living. I mean, you, you explained all the fears I think most people have when, when they think something might be wrong. It's, you know, I don't want it to be true. So if I ignore it, maybe it'll go away. And, uh, I mean, it could be a predominantly male trait, but, uh, I, I mean, it's something that, you know, I, I haven't had anything too serious in my life, but when I've seen things that were concerning to me, it, Part, my instincts were like, you know, just forget about it. It'll be fine. And they, that's the initial first reaction, which is completely wrong. And, and I think that that really is the message that you're, you're, you're trying to bring forth here, uh, which I think is awesome and uh, something people like me need to hear more of because it's not my natural first instinct. Yeah. And there's stigma attached and there's issues with it. But believe me, all that stuff means nothing when you're fighting for your life. So, you know, rather than risk it, and you know try to ignore it like we do because we're afraid or because we're not sure of what we're doing or we think we're wasting someone's time or our money none of that matters none of it just get in get it taken care of take care of yourselves it's the most important thing you can do and i'm i mean i know that you're not the only member of team human that has been fighting this fight i know of a few Mm -hmm. others um I, i won't mention them they can mention themselves if they so desire um but uh, it, it's, it's a fight that I think 
touches every person, rather be personally or just everybody knows somebody. You know, I, I, that's you can almost pick a random person off the street and say, "What's your experience with, with cancer?" And they'll have a story. So, um, I think it's another thing that we need to talk more about. Um, needs to be in the open and and not and try to not make it so scary. I mean, again, the last twenty years has been huge from from a medical standpoint. And uh, I mean, the cancer my mother passed away from. I mean, they more or less just gave her morphine and, and made her comfortable. Um, three years after it, they had a proper treatment plan for it and you know that was just a very short time span and she had a very rare cancer so um, yeah I, I'm hoping that doesn't bring too many people down this segment but the reality of it is this is a big part of Candy's life it's a big part of my life it's a big part of a lot of people's lives and um, I wanted to pay it an honest tribute especially since you Candy this being your show are so honest and upfront about it so I was hoping to bring that tone to this podcast and I'm hoping everybody out there listening is okay with that <laughs> Yeah, now that we've brought everybody down. <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get into the more fun stuff. So, sure. comic books. Uh, I hear I hear you like Spider-Man. Oh my gosh, Spider-Man is is the beginning for me, the alpha, maybe the omega. Um when I was a little kid, um I loved Spider-Man. I loved Spider-Man so much that I had this big red plastic Spider-Man bank, which was more or less a bust of him with a slot in the head where you could put your little quarters in. But I didn't do right. that with Spider-Man. I carried him everywhere. Everywhere? Yeah, I mean everywhere. I mean to the bathroom. I mean to the mall. I mean to the doctor's appointments. <laughs> I mean to grandma's house. I mean to everywhere. All the places? All the places. Spider-Man was always with me. I love Spider-Man. I used to run around, try to climb up walls. I used to shoot people with my web shooters all the time. Um, which, you know, is a, a great skill to have today. And um, so that got me into just comics in general. Spider-Man was my right. gateway drug. And um, I moved on to most Marvel titles. I would pick up just about anything. Um, X-Men, Avengers, uh, your Thors, all that stuff. And then DC Comics, I was like Batman, thought he was just super cool. And uh, The Flash and Green Lantern, um, Justice League as well and then um, in the late 80s I discovered some independent comics called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and right. man was it different and cool and then all of a sudden there was a cartoon and everybody was so crazy on the Ninja Turtles I yes I am um, in fact when the comic came out I or the cartoon came out I was a little confused because it's very different. <laughs> the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle original comics from 1984 by uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird are they skew definitely um, a PG-13 easily, if not an R rating. Um, oh. th they're a bit mature. There's uh, Shredder gets blown up by a grenade in issue one. Uh, spoiler oh, <laughs> spoiler alert from 1984. Um, uh, they're violent, they're bloody, you know, somebody gets shot and stabbed in the first, like, three pages. So, um, it's, it's a lot more of a serious book, and they expand in ways that, um, were very cool for indie comics. I mean, the next thing you know, mm -hmm. the turtles are in space, almost in another dimension. Uh, then yeah. they come back, then they're they're with Cerberus, um, if you know him from indie comics, this sort of uh, warthoggy looking magical creature, and they're dealing with an evil demon with time control powers, um, and another guy with time control watch. 
Uh, it's a little odd. It's a little weird. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics are a little odd. They are a little weird. They're well worth your time. Extremely good. And they changed how I felt about comics as a whole. It wasn't just superheroes. These were adventures that were bigger than anything I could imagine um, right. and just astounded me. And so I fell in love with all these adventures and I often followed artists, guys like Simon Bisley and, and Arthur Adams, Walter Simonson, um, you know, guys like Frank Miller, of course, when you're talking about high quality right. comics. Um, I would follow all these guys and pick up just whatever. I didn't care if it was one pinup. I wanted that issue. Um, right. So I've, I do have a fairly substantial collection, but that is sort of where my geekery, if you will, uh, began um, along with um, kind of old school stuff because I am old school and 40. So, you know, I like Star Trek and um, I had Tolkien in the house. That was um, mm -hmm. my dad had him when my dad was um, in his uh, teenage years, his 20s as well. Tolkien was sort of popular there. Uh, in the 60s and so he read those books and he had them lying uh -huh. around and I picked them up and read The Hobbit and uh, I think it was in second or third grade and uh, then I moved on to the Lord of the Rings trilogy and um, actually the same time I discovered uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics I also started picking up some fantasy books that weren't Tolkien um, things from the uh, Forgotten Realms series and uh, that was a whole nother huge obsession for me uh still is today i i love so much of the the fantasy the science fiction pretty much anything from back in the 80s if it was around then i definitely know about it and i probably love it the salvatore uh forgotten realm stealth or salvatore r.a salvatore was and is a very prolific writer he's got a ton of books everybody knows who dres de is the you know the dark elf uh ranger with his um huge panther guinevar and uh mm -hmm. his dwarven pal and you know um the amazing depth to that character the extremely well-written combat scenes that blew my mind it was like nothing else anyone was writing at the at the, at the time that mm -hmm. i was reading anyways and he had a very strong effect on me then and today when I work on my own uh, book projects. I'm still making my way through the uh, the Dritz stuff. Um, <clears throat> the first time the first time I ever experienced the character of Dritz was actually in the 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 video game Neverwinter Nights. I I went onto a server where the beginning kind of prologue to the whole thing was you know dritz coming out and absolutely slaughtering a bunch of gnolls or something yeah and and then just disappearing i'm like what what was that guy and then i saw his name and i couldn't pronounce it for a while and it's like well okay that's kind of neat and then i kept seeing it randomly pop up pop up and then i had a buddy sit down and i mentioned it once he goes oh yeah, yeah that's he's from the forgotten realms books and he's like you got to get the series so what i got was actually the legend of dritz kind of series which are his story not necessarily the order in which the books were released but his kind of chronological story um and it is very good the first three in particular were his 
um, time down in the Underdark, and um, that was something I was very familiar with through the game of Neverwinter Nights. In particular, um, the the Neverwinter Nights server that I ended up on was called Dormeglin, and they had a very strong uh, Drow, Drow, however you want to pronounce it, presence, and that's where you do most of the big fighting down, you know, with Loth and all the other um, big uh, uh, drow. I'll say drow for the purpose of that's how I've said it most of my life. Um, it's drow. You're right. Drow. Okay, good. Um, drow deities. The one character that was missing from that Underdark was was Drit. So it was it was strange that I never, you know, having to deal with the drow in this video game for so many years, and I never once ran into the Drit's character after that kind of first prologue from a different server. And then my buddy brought it up to me, and I and I loved the series for you know him when he was in the Underdark, and then coming out of the Underdark. Uh, I'm now on the ones where he's met the rest of the the crew, if you will. Um, so I've been I've been working my way through those, uh, which is it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I've I'm very much I like large kind of multi-book series when it comes to fantasy much like yourself the hobbit was my introduction for me i was 12 years old um, and it was a teacher that actually um, got me into that so i'll always thank mr taylor for that forevermore um, but then after lord of the rings it was the wheel of time and uh you know game of thrones stuff like that i i, I just love these multiple booked series and, and the one that i'd never got into was forgotten realms that a lot of my friends did he goes if you're doing these others you have to do forgotten realms but I'm, I'm guessing this kind of went hand in hand with your love of D&D. Yes, it did. Um, D&D, um, when I first heard of it, I was just like, wow, that's what the cool kids do. I'll never have cool friends. And um, later I did have cool friends. And they, they were playing um, a, uh, actually a role master campaign, which is a lot like D&D, but a different rule set. And um, I was invited to play. It was every Tuesday night, and they were actually, this was a substantial group of eight-plus people every Tuesday who were joining in on this adventure. And I had uh, a buddy of mine take me under his wing and show me the ropes, and it was just, I just fell in love with it. Um, me and my, my dwarf character were just kicking butt and having these amazing adventures that you know I had read about but now I was helping make the wheels turn I was defeating the bad guys myself with my own dice and uh, strategies and it was super exciting as somebody who's obviously very new to the world um, I only know the world from 5e but Joey you know you're a little OG in the D&D world yeah I'm more familiar with advanced uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I had a little bit of time in 3.0, and by a little bit of time, I mean all of like five minutes, and then I walked away. <laughs> um, no, I totally, I totally get it. Like when I, because when I first started playing, I wanted to play a halfling because at that time, that was like when Lord of the Rings was happening. So you know the introduction of like you know. Frodo and Samwise, you know, on the big screen, I was like, oh, I want to be the Hobbit. I want to be the one that can, like, do all the cool things that, you know, everybody else can't because they're too big and tall, so I can get into all those nooks and crannies. And it lost its charm when somebody put my character in front of a big giant black dragon, and then I was like, nope, I'm not playing that anymore. <laughs> I, I've only ever done the one session, so I have very little to relate to, but some the friends of mine that uh, we played down in, in San Diego 
we're going to try to use one of these online ones and do a game once a month um, for a couple hours. So we're going to see how that plays out. We have something called a con campaign, which they run whenever any of us go to a convention that the others are at. Um, we're not going to play that one, so they're going to do a different one from scratch, and we'll, we'll just kind of use the same Dungeon Master as he's very happy doing that. So, And that's one of our previous guests in Classy Don Diego. He's our, Don, he's our Dungeon Master. But um, I, I'm looking forward master. to it. Your Dungeon Master? Sorry? Your Dungeon Master? Yeah, my haha, our Dungeon Master. That's very nice. I'm, he'll hear this, and he'll, he'll enjoy that one. Good. Um, expect a Twitter uh, acknowledgement of that soon. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he's he's actually really good. He he uh, I felt bad because he built this big campaign for the cons. And of course, he doesn't get to run them too often because of how often, you know, a group of us get together. And uh, he did this huge battle for us when we were down in San Diego on this boat, with this pirate captain who was undead. And uh, I ended up killing the body, which was great. But I kicked, I, I, you know, I set the head was severed. I threw, I spit the head because I was a bear. I spit the head into the ocean. And I kicked the rest of the body into the ocean. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, looting's a thing. Right. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, I, I felt bad for about half a second, but we had a whole other pirate ship that we just completely ignored that was apparently full of loot. And we just kind of continued on with the story. So he's like, don't feel too bad about it because none of you decided to go to this other pirate ship that was chock full of loot. And I'm like, ah, okay. All right. I, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the first for, I time I played, the first time I played a wizard, um, I walked into a room and I didn't know it was the first treasure room. There are bad guys there. And I never cast fireball before. I'd just gotten it. I killed right. the bad guys and I incinerated all of the treasure. It failed every single oh. saving throw and it was a pile of ash and soot on the ground. Oh. The other players were not thrilled with their new wizard. No, I you know, yeah. <laughs> I was I mean I I was grateful Oops. that for us it was more about the adventure but uh I got to be more mindful of that. I guess when you, you're playing a lot more, I mean, we're going to be playing so infrequently that the loot probably makes little difference in that campaign. But if you're playing more regularly, it probably makes a lot bigger difference, I would presume. It depends on your group, really. I mean, every every group that I've been in has had a different dynamic. Um, some are very um, story-based, like um, your Critical Role guys. You know, they're... right. They're all about the story and, 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 the, and the personalities and what you can bring out of that, less so much mm -hmm. the dungeon crawling, dice rolling. But I've been part right. of great groups that were very focused on the dungeon crawls, on rolling dice, on kicking butt and taking names. And those were great groups too. But you gotta kinda find your place in each one, but that's sorta half the fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the critical role group is, is, a, is a bunch of I mean, let's be honest, professional actors, they, they, they play make-believe for a living. And you, you, they're going to have, that's going to be their main focus. Like for me, I, when I'm watching a lot of these actors play board games, they're, 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 they're role-playing within a, a board game, a game that I've played hundreds of times. They're, they're creating kind of characters within and storylines and staying true to their character as opposed to just trying to play to win the game. And that's very different for me, but it's a different way of playing any game, I guess. And that's just, I think that's just how they probably approach most things in life. Like, how can I make this a creative endeavor, I guess? Um, and every person's different in that regards, I would presume. Uh, I, I, I enjoy it, though. I had a lot of fun, and I can't wait to try it again. 
Now, um, to get into how you found Team Human, which is always an interesting story to me. I Everybody finds it by different means, though, you know, there's a, a couple of common vectors, be it the guild, be it um, Critical Role or whatever the case may be. But what's Candy's story? How did you find Team Human? Um, I found Team Human through Felicia Day, obviously. Um, I've been here since a long time ago, um, but... I first saw Felicia like a lot of us did in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was my my favorite um, because she was so quirky and sort of funny and then got real serious at the end and I thought she had a great progression. And I kept wishing every episode, I was like, why isn't there more Vi in this? What's going on? She's like, she's cool. And of course she was also really cute. And so um, I'm a huge Buffy fan and I have the huge box set and uh, watch it over and over again. And uh, so I followed Felicia online because I saw she had a YouTube channel and she had some great videos on there. Uh, she got me into Skyrim. She got me into checking out other stuff, um, just things online that were really neat. And then she announced this Geek and Sundry thing. And I waited very excitedly to check that out. And so I've been lurking around there since the beginning. And then um, she, somebody had made a post and said she was going to do this Twitch thing. And I'd never even heard of Twitch. And so, but I found out when it was and I was like, it's going to be live. I'm checking this out. So I hopped on and she was playing, um, I believe, Legend of Grimrock 2. And um, that very first time we were chatting and, you know, all the all of our favorite uh, faces were there and we didn't really know each other, but we were having a great time. And um, Felicia Day said my name that stream. Um, the first time she uh, actually said it right and uh, I about fell out of my chair and I was hooked that was it and then on top of it there were these really nice people in chat and I was like man Twitch is awesome. Uh, Twitch and Geek and Sundry is awesome I'll, I'll be frank uh, I'll be honest with that there it uh, the, the, mod, the mods as we are two of them um, do an incredible job of making sure it stays that way uh, the internet in general is very a vitreless kind of place a lot of people um just willing to take anybody down for for laughs you know it, it's funny to them it's like you know what we're not gonna let you do that here in in this community you you want to do this stuff for laughs you're gone period end of story zero chances and and that's what i love most about this community because there is a base of really positive people that just won't take the trolls crap and you know they're the ones that get bullied out of the community if you want to think of it that way and I'm happy about that fact because positivity should always win in, in anything and specifically in an internet community. It's, it's the thing that I love most about this community. It is kind of that safe place on the internet where people are just all genuinely incredibly nice people. And I, I almost forget that it's real some days, you know. So now we are being joined by our lovely Australian co-host, who's uh, currently showing us the ceiling of her apartment. <laughs> sorry, one second, just having technical difficulties. I'm so sorry I'm late. <laughs> it's all right, it's pretty early in the morning for you there. There we go, there's um, the ceiling. Okay, I'm, I'm in. There's the crash I was talking about. Ah, oh, We knew it was coming. All right, so we can get into some of the finer you details. Uh, you, you mentioned you were in your 40s, as am I. Huzzah, brother. Um, wh where do you live in this, this, this wacky world of ours, and, and uh, what, what is it that you get to do for a living? Um, 
despite rumors to the contrary, I am an American and I live in Ohio. Um, somehow the rumor got started that I was European and I lived somewhere in England. Uh, I don't. I live in Ohio, which is the boringest, most awfulest state in the Union. And I can't wait to get out of it. I actually really want to get to Seattle. Hey, but um, that, that, that's where I get to film Basic Adventuring 101. So I, I have a soft place in my heart for Ohio. Well, you know, Ohio has some really beautiful nature. Um, what we haven't polluted and destroyed is really great here. Um, so, you know, I was when I watched Basic Adventuring 101, I'm not saying that I recognize the woods you were in, but I've been in woods exactly <laughs> like that a hundred times and there are some places where you can get lost in in these wooded areas and it's gorgeous and really nice here but the local politics and the people and my history here are not entirely pleasant and i've wanted to go to seattle since i was a teenager well make it happen man joey will be your friend to shake your hand as you i okay with seattle i know how to get to a certain area of it but that's taking a train in and then taking an underground bus and then coming out the Westlake entrance which is right underneath Nordstrom headquarters and I can kind of go a few block radiuses around that area um the the tram that takes you over to the museum area and the space needle I know how to I know how to get to that but that's really about it <laughs> that's really all I know of the area because I'm because I don't live right inside Seattle I live like an hour outside of it but it's more like a 20 minute train ride so then I will come to Seattle and drag Joey out of his house and show him there you ride. go there you go <laughs> oh I'm telling you right now though oh my god the pokey stops holy crap the freaking oh, started I'm team can't play oh is it a phone can't play thing yeah Oh. It's a, it's a tragedy, and I blame Verizon. Um, <laughs> it's all their fault. I I'm so jealous. I I see all your screenshots, and um, I I love that you named a Pokemon with my name, and um, I did one of my very favorites, Kadabra. Yep. Um, that whole series of evolutions is that was my. He was when I first played the original Pokemon, um, Pokemon Blue. Uh, my Kadabra was my best Pokemon. He just stomped through every single, every single area, every single um, gym was no trouble with him at my side. It's 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 funny. I read somewhere recently that the Abra and the Kadabra and the Abracadabra, if you will, are the one of the, some of the toughest ones to catch. It's not that they're hard to find per se, but they run away more than any of the other Pokemon. Um, which makes, of course, evolving them a pain in the ass. Yes, uh, Abra is tough to catch because it pretty much always teleports away. Um, and you can't catch a Kadabra in the wild, I don't think, at least not in the original games. And I've played them all. And um, the only way to get an Alakazam is to trade it. I didn't have anybody to right. trade with, so uh, it was some time before I got an Alakazam. Right, Alakazam being the uh, the third evolution. That shows you how little I actually know about this this world that I'm still trying to wade my way into. Um, I I've, I've got a Kadabra, but I had to evolve um, an Abra into a Kadabra, if you will. I used to be that person where I would have to trade with myself because I'd have my uncle's old old Game Boy. Remember the very first ones that were like bricks? 
Yes. Do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I do miss them. I mean, they were so cool, so retro. So I used to get that. Then I'd get my sort of modern day Game Boy and, um, yeah, get the cable link back when we needed cables and trade my gravelers all on my own because I didn't have any friends. <laughs> That's what I did when I got my color Game Boy. It was one of the first things I did was hook it up to my old one so I could trade Pokemon over, and that's what I got my Alakazam. But it was years after I'd already beaten the game, and I was already playing the later ones. Yeah, no, it's still worth it. you got to catch them all. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I actually kept going back to that first game just to keep filling out the Pokedex. Oh, me too. (laughs) And it was something very satisfying, beating the Elite Four over and over again. Yes. Have you you seen uh, Dale Kingsmill? Um, for those who may not know her, Dale Kingsmill is one of the former Geek and Sundry vloggers. She's actually doing a Pokemon Go Nuzlocke, which oh. has already been incredibly painful for her. As her, she's got she's got a, another account where she has kind of her main game going on, but in her Nuzlocke, um, she had to first of all. Um, the, the key is is that the only, I think the only ones that she gets to keep are the eggs that she hatches, and only the first nine. Um, so her, her starter ended up being a ratata or whatever that proper pronunciation is. Um, and she had, she had to transfer out her squirtle. Um, she caught a tangela, the first tangela she's ever seen. And and apparently I've never seen one until she showed it on her stream. And she's like, that hurt more than anything else having to, to transfer that away because of the Nuzlocke rules. But, um, yeah, so she got, she just got her starter at the end of the last episode and she's going to be continuing it on. Uh, so for those of that are into it and want to see somebody go through some personal pain, <laughs> poor Dale is going through it down in, down in Oz while she's uh, trying to catch, catch them all, I guess. Uh, all right. So we got into the fact that you're from Ohio. Did we get into what you do for a living or is that something? No, that... we haven't. Um, I'm a recent graduate. I just got my bachelor's degree in technical management with a focus in business information systems. And I don't have a job yet, so it's sort of go. boring, but I mean, it's my life. <laughs> That's all good. All got to start yeah, somewhere. Yeah, the job hunt is just, it's my least favorite thing. I like to work. I'm good at work. I'm good at everything I try. I'm almost always promoted to some sort of manage- management position within the first year I'm working anywhere. But uh, getting the job is always just a real slog. So I'm in the thick of it, but it'll be any time now. Perfect. All right, Joey, let's do some rapid fire, shall we? Okie dokie. All right, hey. All right, Granny Smith <laughs> Apple of High, are you ready? <laughs> All right, Randy, are you ready? I am as ready as I'm going to get. All right. The last book that you have read... I was actually going back through R.A. Salvatore's uh, books, and I stopped on, oh, I can't remember. It's like the ninth book. It was in the Dritz series. Your spirit animal. My spirit animal is a black panther. I had a very intense dream one night uh, featuring a large... um, Black Panther. If you don't know about Panthers, there isn't actually like a breed of Panthers. Black Panthers are when a jungle cat is colored all black. So they can be a jaguar or a tiger. Mine was specifically a tiger. It was an extremely intense dream. And ever since then, I felt very connected to Black Panthers. I didn't know that. That's actually really interesting. Um, Because I I always just assumed that a Black Panther was like its own species. 
I thought it was too, and then I saw a documentary on them, um, and that was one of the first things they explained, and I was my mind was blown. I actually thought they were all jaguars. I didn't realize that tigers or, or other jungle cats could also be panthers. I, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're enormous. It's awesome. Are you a morning or a night person? Definitely a night person. I am an absolute bear in the morning. My eyes don't even open for half an hour, and I'm very much monosyllabic for the first hour. <laughs> monosyllabic. <laughs> All I can picture right now is, is like, you're, you're a gloom bell when you wake up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Love it. All right. Do you have any phobias? Not anymore. I used to be afraid of sharks. Then I had a monster eating me from the inside called cancer, and now I ain't afraid of nothing. Good man. Love it. All right. So you've just written a book about your life. What do you call it? <laughs> oh, man. It would be tempted, tempting to just call it the cure for seasickness. Mm. But... Um, I wouldn't want it to focus on just my cancer experience if it was about my whole life. So um, you might call it something like um, the unbelievable adventures of um, the scapegoat. What about the adventures of the original Candy Crusher? <laughs> that might be a good one, too. And it takes place on the, on the Enterprise. There you go. Yes. <laughs> My favorite ship. All right. Let's see. What would be the hardest thing for you to give up? Um, Team Homan. Good, good answer. Awesome. All right. What would be your current theme song? Oh, man. I have so many themes. Um, there have been so many songs that have meant so much in my life. I... I've always loved music. It's always been therapy for me. It makes me feel better. It, it encourages me. It helps me with my emotions. It's been there my whole life. I play it. I sing it. I love music. Um, to pick one would be nearly impossible. So let's just go with Superfly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. If you were a member... Of the Powerpuff Girls, what would be your power? Oh, this is the best question ever. Oh my gosh. See, the Powerpuff Girls came out in the 90s, uh, late enough in the 90s that I wasn't really into it. But I loved Mojo Jojo. That little monkey guy was so cool um, because he was super smart, and I think that's what my power would be. What is the last DVD or Blu-ray that you purchased? Uh, the last Blu-ray I got was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah, it's worth every penny. I love that movie. I'm a huge Kylo Ren fan. Favorite TV show of all time? Favorite TV show of all time. I might have to copy Ryan's answer and go with Mr. Science Theater 3000. That show also meant the world to me when it came out on Comedy Central, which I believe at the time was called the Comedy Network or just mm -hmm. Ha. Um, it was sort of life-changing to the smartass inside me that um, needed release. 
and I was already making fun of movies as it was, and these guys were just hilarious. And Tom Servo is my man. I've actually never seen the show. Get out. Just, I know. That's I'll it. leave my yeah. own podcast. It's fine. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> Joey Terlin, no, you guys wrap this up, will you? Stick a fuck in it. You guys wrap this up. Check out Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Go okay. with that one as your first one. It is very well done. It mm. features um, a movie called This Planet Earth. It's really good. Check it out. Uh, you will laugh. It's hilarious. Well, I mean, with Felicia come in the reboot and, and Ryan actually writing, at least uh, being portion uh, or being part of the writing team for one of the episodes, I know I need to catch up on what this is. And I'm a kind of guy that I like all the background before I go into things. So uh, I'll be checking it out. It's on it's on the list. Yeah, definitely do. I recommend anybody check out some Mystery Science Theory 3000. If you haven't, go ahead and start with the movie. It's uh, quick, it's easy to digest, and it's extremely well done. Cool. What letter in the alphabet best describes you? Um, R. It's uh, My name was always Randy, and so I used to draw the letter R all over the place. And um, I don't know, I just kind of like it. It's like a P with an extra stick. <laughs> That's not dirty. I didn't say so anything wrong. Hard not to pun right now. <laughs> nothing wrong. Nothing dirty about that. It's in your own mind. <laughs> you totally opened the floodgate for it. It's all you. It totally is. It's all right. I'm I'm a pee with an extra hump. <laughs> or you you could just have a little you know extra base there, Blair. Oh, okay. I'll leave my podcast again. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Finally, last but certainly most not least in this and all, how awesome is Toronto Gal? Toronto Gal is the Epst. She, um, she is the reason why I'm doing this, why I'm doing anything with Team Human. Like a lot of people, when I first started chatting on Twitch, I didn't know what people would say. People don't always take me well or get my jokes. She always did. She encouraged me to be part of the community. She was always there when I had doubts. Um, anytime I had questions or, or concerns, she was always there for me. Super encouraging and always being just that much funnier than I am and driving me crazy. But I love her to bits. All right. So, Tyrlyn. Yes. You got some suggestion section fun for uh, for a candy gambler? Here? I do, Mr. Candy. <laughs> Would you like to play Google Feud? That's always a favorite. Sure. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Well, our first one. How does Google autocomplete this query? Why do women? Why do oh women? <laughs> be very oh, really? careful. Yeah. This is gonna Three be... dudes you're asking this question to. <laughs> well, you should have lots of questions then. Oh, we got lots of questions. Like, I could say, why do women even? But that's just rude. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? Go with that. I want to see if it's on there now. <laughs> no, I won't do women be on even? there. <laughs> I will totally not be there. Hang on. Oh, can't spell. There we go. No, wrong. I was going to put, uh, why do women cry? Yeah, Okay. Yeah, that was. I was. That was the. I'm sorry. I, I sound completely sexist when I say when yeah. I say this, but I was. That was the first thing that popped in my head. It was the first thing that popped into my head too. But oh, we're wrong. That's we're not so there. Wrong. All no. right, Candy. As our guest, you got the last say. I was gonna go with uh, 
why do women be frontin'? Be frontin'. What was it? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it, he spoke slang. That was a little. Why do women be frontin'? Be frontin'. F R O N T I N. It's not going to be on there. I, I think just we got an over on this one. Guys. I think I know the answer. <laughs> okay. Do you want to know what the very first one is? Please. Why do women cheat? Oh, well, ouch. Yeah. It's okay, guys, do it too. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I know. Oh, yeah. What were the, what were the rest of the the answers beyond the first one? Oh, okay, so we had why do women moan? <laughs> <laughs> why do women wear thongs? Why do women wear hijab is that the correct pronunciation hijab uh, hijab yeah hijab yep why do women have periods why do women wear bras <laughs> well, these are why all do really women obvious. wear makeup yeah I mean, come on. like why do women moan i'm like well i mean you're doing your job why i guess do women why do unless it's the bad kind of moan oh it could be well yeah. actually close <laughs> enough it's asks why do women drink cranberry juice oh, okay so really? I think these people just need to actually talk to women, I think, yeah. to find out the answers. Yeah, I agree. Okay, moving on. <laughs> next one. All right, next one. Okay. Is the president A? All right, so the easy answer here is, is the <laughs> president a Muslim? Yeah, that's probably going to be number one. Number wow. two. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out there, but somebody else can steal it. I was going to say citizen. Right, because of the birth certificate citizen. controversy. Yeah. No, wrong. Hmm. I want to put reptilian because... Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> You're going no. to the conspiracy theory, are you? <laughs> oh, I'm always for the conspiracy theories, but I was wrong. Just like most conspiracy theories. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the first thing I came up with was asshole, but... You know, with your current president, I don't know if that per, per plays so much. Um, uh, it's going to be something like, is he actually black or something stupid? Uh, stuff that doesn't matter. Right. Um, uh, go with asshole. Okay. No, we have, is the president a puppet at number one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have part of Congress, right. superdelegate, government official, bureaucrat, federal employee, diplomat, civil servant, and Republican. Well, I got to give a American credit for not putting black in there. Congratulations. Yes, yeah, we weren't nice racist work, for one time. <laughs> Let's do another. Okay, one last one. Can you deep fry? Dot, dot, a dot. pickle. A pickle. Mm, no, yeah. sorry. Because you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why no one asked it, because they knew. <laughs> they didn't know what women could breathe, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, women exist? What? They're humans? How now, about deep phone? Foam. No. The other big deep fry thing we have up here is chocolate bars, but I'm not sure if that would be on there either. Oh my god, that's such a Southern American thing. Like, you don't even know. It's here. You're right. I don't. 
<laughs> okay, it's quite uh, boring, the answers. We've got pizza rolls, bacon, frozen chicken, steak, an egg, olive oil, raw chicken, coconut oil, frozen chicken wings, can, and water. Can you deep fry olive oil, really? I would have yeah. went with ice cream. And water. And water? <laughs> you, yeah. Can you deep fry... Okay, one more, just because this is so completely okay. vague. What exactly is? What exactly is? A woman. Uh, <laughs> number one answer. Uh, let's do it. What exactly is a woman? No, oh, I was so hoping Shocking. that would be one. It is. What exactly <laughs> is jelly? Jelly. No. One last go. Do you have something, Terrilyn? Oh, I do not. (laughs) What exactly is... The Matrix. (laughs) Life. Uh, Margarine. Margarine. No, okay, so... We have, funnily enough, um, number one is cancer. Oh, wow. <laughs> the big C. Yeah. How apropos. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two is gluten. Right. And I can tell you what gluten yep. is. It's the devil's spawn because I can't yep. have it. Um, an an empire, a bite, a firework, autism, transgender, ISIS, anxiety, and a Chromebook. What was the first, the second one there? An ampere? Uh, oh, an, an ampere, yeah. A-M-P-E-R-E. Oh, it's like a unit of measurement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm for electricity. Sure. I don't know. Number of amps, yeah. Yeah, I just love though. I love that people are wording it by saying, what exactly is a firework? <laughs> what exactly is a cancer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Google. All right. Well, I think we ended up on probably minus 15 million yeah, points, but I feel another successful round. Of yeah, we will get better at this game eventually. I think we, we keep giving the internet too much credit or we don't give it credit enough, depending <laughs> on the question. So, um, <laughs> yeah. all right, let's 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 do this wrap up thingy. Uh, Candy, where can people find you on the internet at large? Oh my gosh, I'm everywhere as Crane to Gamble. Um, I'm all over the Twitters. I'm all over the Facebooks. Um, of course, Twitch and just about anywhere where you see um, see Randy Gamble or Crandy Gamble. That's almost certainly me. Awesome. All right, Tierlin, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, Tears Thunder. Instagram, Tierlin.author. Facebook, Tierlin P. I really should just go under the same name and <laughs> make it difficult for myself. Uh, and YouTube, Tierlin Puxty. And the Honey Roast. And the honey roast, yes, and the honey roast. So please uh, join up. So if you haven't heard me talk about it before on the podcast, um, I am started up a new group and Joey did the amazing logo. And what it is is if you've been having a crappy day and you feel bad about yourself either on the inside or the outside, you do um, exactly what the, the roast does on Reddit where you put up a picture of yourself and say roast me and people say horrible things except we do the honey roast. So you put up a picture of yourself with a tag saying honey roast and everyone will say really lovely things to hopefully brighten up your day. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, also recently, Terlyn has done a radio show interview where she talked about the Who Pod, which was really cool. 
Um, the link to that is on the Hoopod Twitter uh, page. So if you want to give that a, a click and listen, you got to listen to three of her songs as well as uh, have her and uh, one of the one of the show hosts completely geek out for a good forty five minutes. So. <laughs> He does, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he was quite taken with you. It was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, Mr. Couture, where can we find you? All right. So I am on Twitter at JoeyCouture underscore. And you can also find me on uh, YouTube with the same name, uh, just minus the underscore. Uh, I've been, once a week so far, I've been posting more of the abridged Tomb Raider. Um, life's just been really busy, so I haven't been able to post them as often as I would like to. Uh, and I, I totally missed <laughs> uh, episode 11 of the Tomb Raider Twitch stream. I didn't know about it until after the fact that it, it had happened, because I was busy that day, unfortunately. Um, but other than that, um, you can also find me in the Team Human Facebook group, and here on Hoopod. This is true. And also watch for uh, Joy Couture spinning the wheels of virtual steel live. Once uh, we get the internet connection a little bit more solidified, um, he'll be doing a live broadcast, I think with some 80s music, if, if memory serves. Yep. So I have Yay. a bunch of original vinyl 12-inch singles. So it's like... I'll just throw like a random song out there. Let's let's say you have uh, Rick Astley, "Never Gonna Give You Up." So everybody knows the the three and a half minute version of the song. But for example, if it was to appear, which I'm gonna spoil it, it's not. <laughs> if it was going to appear on the show, I would be playing the 12 inch version, which is you know maybe a little bit more extended. There's a little bit more of a different mix to it. So that's what the show is, and it as soon as uh, I am able to do the show. Um, it is also going to have a tribute for Toronto Gal as well. I have a special uh, mixed song for her that will be appearing on it. For those of us who have heard the song, you guys are in for a treat. It is awesome. I really enjoyed it. I heard it today. So uh, that's going to be amazing. I, I can't wait for it to air. That's really, really cool. As for myself, I am uh, at Blair Beverage at Hoopod at Webisode Watch on the Twitters. You can find me on Facebook and the rest of the internets at Wild. Blair Beverage, I'm pretty much the only one online as far as I know. There might be somebody down in Australia, but I think that they were only on Facebook for five minutes. So the rest of them are, are me. So I'm, I'm on pretty much every platform that there is, uh, and I like to talk to each and every one of you. So uh, look me up and, and, and talk it out. I'll enjoy it. So you'll find me playing the Goblin Shaman on Basic Adventuring 101, uh, which you can find at basicadventuring101.com. Mm. This week, the this week the uh, the episodes will continue. This is my favorite episode. Um, it's got my favorite scene from the entire time that we shot. I believe I, I don't. I haven't seen the edit, but I'm gonna guess it's gonna be right near the beginning of the episode. Uh, if you're a fan of the series, as I am then you'll know the one i'm talking about almost as soon as it airs but uh in general this seems to be the the uh the cast and crew's favorite episode so uh, really looking forward to it it's it, i believe it's a double length one this next one 
And then uh, we'll be wrapping up with, I believe, one more after that. And that'll be season one. So, uh, yeah, I want to thank Candy for joining Joey and Tyrolyn and I on this podcast. It's been an awesome experience. And thank you for coming on and talking to us about your story and, and your fight with cancer. That was that was quite the thing. Thank you for that. Uh, it was really my pleasure. You guys do such a fantastic job with the Hoopod. And you're such wonderful hum- humans. Just just yourselves and and i love that you're each so creative and and interesting people it's it's a real honor to to chat with you guys and to be part of the hoopod yeah, we're honored to have you and we're uh i i i, I don't know it, it's 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 humbling how how kind you are to us and, and it, it doesn't go unnoticed i just need you to know that so okay definitely all right Time to close the show, Blair. Let's do this. All right. So thank you once again to our guest, Candy Gambler. Um, and for my hosts, Joey Couture and Tierlin Puxty, take care. <laughs>